It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. I can't even get that word out, can I? I mean... You know, I'm stuttering as much as Arsenal were at Villarreal. God, I wish that was planned. <laughs> it wasn't. And, uh, well, we've we've won a game and pigs can fly because Willian has scored an actual goal in the Premier League for Arsenal. Sorry, it doesn't even matter if it's the Premier League or not. He, he, hasn't, he scored a goal for Arsenal, which is, quite frankly, crazy. So, um here to wallow in our pity, or I don't. What, what are we doing, mate? We've got Tom with us. What are we doing? Mixed emotions after Thursday. I would probably say wallow, but yesterday was a great result. So yeah, against against West Brom, we were nineteenth. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, true. Fair point. <laughs> Take it where we can get him. Take it where we can get him. Um, yeah, weird week, mate. It was uh, probably the most disappointed I've ever been as an Arsenal fan. I mean, I know we've had the lows of like 2006 Champions League final. We've gone out to Bayern Munich a number of times. We lost in the last minute, having gone up in the last minute, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I actually think it was last season with Arteta, wasn't it? So um, we've had some dark European nights. This this is about as low as it gets. Well, we're in a, we're in a position now where we might not now, let's be fair, we're not getting Europe for the first time in 24 years, I think it is. Mm. Um, yeah. Last time that happened, I was five years old. So I actually can't remember an Arsenal team not playing in Europe. Me neither. Is, it's a, a real shock to the system. Um, and I, I don't really know how to get around. I've got, I'm obviously, I've got season tickets. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going to watch games next year, knowing that I'm not going to be even a Thursday night, I don't mind going on a Thursday. I just want some European football. Yeah, I know, mate. We're beggars can't be choosers these days. And yeah, look, I, I suppose the good news is you might be going to some, uh, some some games where we might have some fit players. We won't have to be rotating. It'll be all or nothing. It'll be something that you'll see a rejuvenated squad every week. Should we turn it into a positive, Toby, and just say that we're actually just going to go for the league next year? We don't have yeah, the distraction yeah, yeah. of European football. We can just yeah, put well, all our eggs in one basket and go for top. Why? What we've we've been so focused on European football for twenty four years. Obviously, okay, two thousand and six. We actually did alright around that time, but yeah, I think we can really go for it now, mate. That's where we've been going wrong. <laughs> yeah, obviously. This is when Arteta says trust the process. Obviously, what he means is by let's get out of Europe so we can win the league, finish above Tottenham for the first time in six years. And Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, Premier League's coming. Has it actually been six years that we haven't finished above Tottenham? Well, this will be the this will be the fifth. Oh wow. So yeah, no, it's bad. It's really bad. 2016. So interestingly, I did I did a post about this. This isn't just off the top of my head. It was exactly five years ago to the day. I want to say like it was the 15th. So what's the date today? 15th of May. Okay, no, that's literally five days away. Um so the 15th of May 2016, um, when we beat Aston Villa at home. Wow. Right? So, and do you know what happened that day? Was it, it was a Leicester winning season, wasn't it? And Tottenham were in second. Yeah. And then we, think, we overtook them season? on yes, the last yes. day. Yeah. So, so, so that was the last time we finished above Spurs, obviously. And it was the last time Mikel Arteta played for us as a player. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that this is this weird end of the season we've got upcoming with with a couple of well one tricky game really I say one tricky game we've had quite a few tricky games this season that we didn't think were going to be tricky and um, if we're going to win four on the bounce at any time um, now's the time to do it and hopefully Spurs can drop enough points for us to finish above them we're what four points behind them now yeah I still think Mm. it can happen I'm not they didn't they didn't convince me the other day so I do think there's an opportunity for us to finish above them in the table Um, yeah and Europe isn't out the it actually isn't mathematically out the question it's just a crazy thought that we can finish above. I mean, to be fair, West Ham, they don't look that special at the moment. They seem to have dropped off. I think there is still that outside mm. chance that we can do it, but we've got a big big game against Chelsea on the way as well, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they've got some big games upcoming themselves. So, I mean, they've got the whole Champions League final thing to deal with. But, I mean, look, we're probably not going to get much against Chelsea. But we do need... It feels like we need a kicker. Arteta needs a good end to the season. Um we just need something positive to latch onto to this season. Um, otherwise, it, it it really will be all doom and gloom. And we started last night, but um, should we should we get into the game last night? I mean, I know it is a little bit of a dud game in a sense, but I suppose it is always nice to see Big Sam go down, given how much abuse he gave Wenger over the years. So um, that, I guess, was quite nice. Um, and we're getting Ainsley Metten Niles back, so he won't be too sad. So I don't feel too bad. On Big um, Sam, on Big Sam, it, it, yes, it's brilliant to see him finally go down. But it is amazing, considering all the teams he's managed in the over the years, that it's the first yeah. time he's actually been relegated as a manager. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, how, how many eight, eight teams, something like that? Something ridiculous. I mean, the most successful England manager ever. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent winning record. Hundred yeah. percent winning record. Exactly. He got kicked out. God, I forgot about that. That was hilarious yeah. that time. God, imagine if he was still England manager. Um. Maybe we're relegated there. Um, not that it's possible. Okay, well, look, we'll, we'll, everybody's very kindly submitted. Um, oh, I should probably say that the layout of the of the podcast is a little bit different today. It's a little bit different, Tom. So, um, obviously, what we can do, normal thing, we'll go through West Brom, but maybe with the guise of looking at, you know, the reaction to Thursday and maybe what we could have done versus what happened today. Hashtag Saka at left back. Um and then maybe, uh, sorry, then later on, we will obviously do Dick of the Day, Man of the Match. And we've got Lathe from uh, Guna Fanzine coming on as well, which is really exciting. So look forward to that. Um, Tomo, mate, give, give, some, uh, give some three-word summaries. All right. So we've got a few here. Okay. One from Vinay1907. Is that it him? Was... Is that Vinay? Vinay. Yeah. It is. It was, I knew he was, yeah. I mean, he's, t- he's gone with a bit of an abbreviation here, so I don't know if we're going to take it, but we'll go with it. It was WBA being West Bromwich Albion. So I think he's sort of saying we probably shouldn't be hyping too much. Maybe. Um, Maybe. I, there was a... Willian actually scored. I just yeah. saw the reaction, to be fair. Um, we had Saka plus Smith Rowe equals beautiful. A little bit of cheating. But yeah, but hey, I'm all for a bit of cheating, mate. We agree. Um, I've, I've got I've got one here from C7 Bernal, and do you know what? He, I mean, he's cheated beyond belief, and it's it's actually doing my head. We suck ninth in the league. We need to do better. And he's added an emoji. And I'm not even going to bother counting that, but that's definitely more than three. What twelve in there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but look, there's a lot of I don't cares, Arteta outs, and it's West Brom. You know, congratulations to Willian. That's all. Willian is better than Messi. Is a good one. I don't mind the shooting there. Uh, it was weird to see him score, wasn't it? Well, I mean, you know, 
Oh, oh, I, oh no, I'm going to bring this up now. Am I might. Okay, right. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I think this is probably a good time. Though. So, so guys, obviously you all know for those of you listening that Tom, Gus, and our friend Kwamina and I um, are all in um, a WhatsApp group. But at the moment, it's called Mikel's Fed Up Bastards. But the main, the word in the middle changes uh, probably on a weekly basis at the moment. So it is. 8.45 last night, which will be two nights ago if you're listening to this uh, on Tuesday. Um, so it's Sunday night, 8.25. I see Willian get taken down after a shot and there's a free kick outside the box. And I, I, I've been Willian's probably biggest critic this season. I haven't given him a hope. Um, I think he's been awful, but I, he, he just seemed a bit more up for it last night. And I think that's probably because there was nothing riding on it. Uh, it was West Brom. He just seemed a little bit sharper. Um, he kept the ball a bit better. He had a few shots, which admittedly were blocked. But now I said on this, here we go. I said, Willian is slotting this free kick. You heard it here first. Followed by Tom saying, yeah, okay, mate. Willian couldn't score in a brothel. And then Bosch steps up, goal, crying laughing faces everywhere. I told you, uh, Tom, Wow, I'll eat my own words. Never been proven so wrong so quickly. Oh, it's just—it was just great stuff, really. Mate. Oh, it's brilliant to timing. Know. To be fair, of all the things to call, I don't—you yeah. didn't call anything else all game. We, I'm not going to give no. the illusion that you were saying something was going to happen every minute. That was a real shot yeah. out of the blue. And I mean, to—to—if you would put a bet on that, Toby, what would the odds have been, mate? You would have. <laughs> Low, uh, high, yeah, odds, high, yeah, high, high. No, sorry, yeah, I got my maths incredibly wrong there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was unbelievable, and, and and I was I was, I'm happy for him, and I don't want that to sound like I've been, you know, I don't know, I, saying he's had a good season or he's deserved it or anything like it. I, or his performances have like sort of meant that he deserves a goal in some way, but I just don't think he's never not been a trier, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. he's never he's never been the guy to sack off training. He's never been the guy to not put a lot of effort in and I don't buy the money thing, you know, like, oh, he's only here to retire sort of thing. I just think he quite frankly is past it. And uh, yeah, it was nice to see him slot it and I was happy for him. And I hope that doesn't mean Arteta's vindicated and he deserves to be playing every game. <laughs> I do. Th- I, I think he stepped up a bit more yesterday though. I think he took mm. on a bit more control. Maybe we'll go for the, we'll go for the lineup, but it might be that mm. because he was one of, the, one of the more experienced players out there, he, he took control of the game and, Obviously, it's quite easy to to let other players like Aubameyang or Lacazette take it on when they're on the pitch. But it's, it felt mm. like he wanted to grab the game and and actually run with it, which is good to see. I've not seen him do that at all. You know, no, it's no. crazy, isn't it? Like, it's annoying because that's the that is the kind of like player that you would expect when you're signing someone like that. Or, you know, whatever whatever year, however long you give him a contract for, you expect somebody of that stature to come in and do something and. Look, we've been struggling for goals from midfield all season. And um, you know, all three goals came from midfield yesterday. So um yeah, it was it was really good to see. What did you what did you think of the lineup? I think uh it was a good lineup to be fair. I quite like that back four. Um the mm. way Saka was playing, he was he was getting up and down that wing really, really well. I think though he could have had three assists throughout the game. He did get one. But there were mm. another couple of chances where he put it perfectly across the box and Lacazette just couldn't get on the end of them. Um, surprised by Ceballos. I think when you've got... We're in a position where we know that we're pretty confident, aren't we, that he's going back to Real Madrid next season. Mm. And I just think there's a chance to play some youth um, or to give someone else a chance. And I just... 
I just didn't really understand the decision. Uh, I understand Shaq is injured, so I, I know that that's why yeah. you didn't pick him. Um, and then that front three, I mean, to be fair, Toby, let's, we were quite shocked, really, when that lineup came out. We, we expected a bit more experience, especially considering that there is still that chance of Europe and we've got nothing else to play for. So why not get your best team out and to leave Aubameyang and Lacazette on the bench? Uh, both of them have come back from injuries or illnesses recently. So I understand why they probably need a bit of a break. And if you're going to give them a break against anyone, it's West Brom ahead of the Chelsea game. Um, mm. So the front three didn't make sense. Pepe, he's just looking better and better every game. His goal as well, we'll, we'll get on to Crazy. Oh, what a finish. He's, he's basically becoming uh, the Premier League's Robin. Is that a bit bold to say? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Well, to be fair, t- I, yeah, yeah. The, like, yeah, I mean, he's a... He's, Everyone knows which way he's going to go and he does it and he just bangs it in, you know. And when he gets minutes, and that's the thing you forget about him, a lot of the time he comes on, he, he's not, you know, he's not been a star so for most of the time in the season. And so actually his numbers are really impressive given how many minutes he's actually had. 12 now um, for the season in all comps. Yeah, really? It's pretty yeah, good. It's pretty good going. Yeah. yeah. Martinelli you know, up you know, top as well. Toast. Yeah, that was good to see. I think he was, he wasn't, he was a bit, he was a bit, uh, he was a little bit ineffective. I thought he could have had longer. But, you know, I think, in terms of the, in terms of the lineup though, in, in in general, it just seemed to me like if you go back to the Newcastle game, the best players that day really uh, were Martinelli, which is good, you know, Gabriel. Um, there was a couple, and even El Nenny was 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 pretty good, right? So when Xhaka gets injured and it's the biggest game of the season, right? Villarreal Thursday, all those three players start on the bench. When Xhaka wasn't there, right? And you put Xhaka, uh, so, sorry, Tierney at left back, who's half, you know, who's basically injured. Uh, and, and he did look subdued, bless him. And obviously, I don't have anything against him for that because he's been one of the best players all season. So um, it just felt really uncomfortable that I just think in your, your biggest game of the season, you just play your best players. And I was quite excited about this sort of attacking lineup. But yesterday showed something that I've personally been screaming about. And I know you've been thinking about was the. Bakaya Saka at left back just gives the amount of balance that we needed on that team, either on that flank, but also on the other flank, because we decided to play Bellerin there on Thursday and he just didn't look up to it and hasn't really all season. And that's really upsetting. But, you know, and Chambers, who's been solid, but, you know, Bellerin's not really uh, looked sharp with anybody on, on the right this season. And Bakaya Saka just made that position his own. And he looked, he, he has been a player that's almost looked like he's needed a different problem to solve. So, um, yeah, I, I hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Um, but Bakaya Saka on the left seemed like a match made in heaven, given the sort of injury crisis we've had. And we I think it showed. Do you think after the Shaka injury just before kickoff on Thursday, we should have mm. taken the decision? Well, Arteta should have taken the decision to put Saka in a left back. Oh yeah, and maybe and maybe put even Willian on the wing just so that we had a bit more. And obviously Tierney, I mean, he, he actually came off. Um, mm. probably because he just literally got back from from an injury and they kept him out for a fair bit of times. So. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing though. I think Xhaka looks so much better in the middle. Um, uh, by the way, I think he played really well at left back. So that's got nothing to do with Xhaka, but he also makes party look better. He also brings up the this like sort of security in the middle of the pitch and has a lot he does really well. Um, but the alternative that we went with uh, on Thursday was ego party, mate. Just you do the midfield, everyone else do the rest. And I think he was overwhelmed. Although I think Thomas had a, you know, party had a bit of a shocker, but 
I don't necessarily think that was all his fault. I mean, it just he was kind of left there in the middle and we kind of go, oh, can you please do your job? And it's kind of something we've been doing for, for years and years and years is we'll get a player who looks the deal. And I think Party does. He's had He's been up and down. but And then we just like, don't give him a partner. We don't give him the person that's well, going to make him do his thing. Like, how about Fabregas for a long time? Well, we literally yeah. went against everything that we've, we we played the same way all season mm. with those two holding midfielders, maybe one a little bit more attacking than the other. And mm. in this game, we decided to play with two attacking midfielders in Odegaard and, and Smith-Rowe and it just, it didn't, it didn't work. No. Um, and I'm sure it was probably because Arteta knew we had to score, we had to win and he'd rather we at least got one goal or two but just wasn't going in. And I just think sometimes you've got to play the patient way and you've got to play the way that you've, you're used to rather than going attacking because it doesn't always yeah. work like that. I love, oh yes, okay, I, I'll say so every time. I love attacking teams. It's, it's great to see. But I mean, look at yesterday. I was speaking with my mate Ant about this and, and it, the fact is, like we, we still kept our structure, but we, mm-hmm. we had attacking players on the pitch that can make things happen. And that's, that's where but there is a, there's a balance. There's a fine balance that you need to get right. And I think we did it really well yesterday. Okay, West Brom are a very different team to Villarreal. We've got to keep remembering that. I don't yeah. want to get too I don't want to get too hyped about it. But I think it just felt different yesterday in comparison. I, th- I think there was a bit more, just a bit more oomph about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. No okay. <sighs> What do you? What, so where does this leave you? Uh, I mean, look. Should we go through the goals? I like because because they're so good. It'd be nice to go. Yeah, yeah, have a couple of positive on. notes because they, they they were fun and to to be fair, look, I've, it's been it's been a bad season. It's been tough. There are mitigating circumstances, left, right, and centre, as there are for everybody. But I feel like particularly in this team with the ownership, the executive level, Bamian getting malaria, blah, 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 all of it, it 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 just kind of was like, right, let's put the season to bed. Let's try and do something good at the end of the season. Let's finish up our Spurs if we can at least. If Europe happens, fine, great. If it doesn't, then let's just rebuild next season. And they showed some kind of reaction. Um, and I think we needed to. So um, the first goal felt like it was coming for ages, didn't it? First goal for Arsenal. Yeah. So with the, the Emil Smith Emil, Rowe. Yeah. Emil Smith Rowe's mm. first goal for Arsenal. Which it is was in the Premier League. M- momentous occasion. Oh, yeah, in the Premier League. I couldn't believe it, actually. I did. I did. I thought he'd. I, okay. I, I thought he'd have scored a couple of times, but no. Came out afterwards very happy with himself. Yeah. Said he's dreamt of that goal since mm. since train since um coming through. And he, he could awesome have had two team. as well. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I love that was it. funny actually. Yeah, yeah. He sort of just sort of tripped slash missed everything and yeah. But uh no, I think look, it was a really good finish. Saka and Emil Smith Rowe combining again. We've seen it a couple of times this season. Um they just look so natural together, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um so that was good. Uh, and then the it was the Pepe one next, wasn't it? So I think we yeah we went two 0 up, and he just the way he comes off the le- comes off the right, I should say. Um, it's honestly it is Robin esque. I don't want to keep saying it, <laughs> but give me another player that does that. Yeah, you got Robin. You've got um, Duff, Damien Duff. Duff, Damien Duff used to do. Oh, really? It a lot. I'm, we all. I'm, yeah. left, I'm just naming left-footed players, really. <laughs> Well, that's Scott Sinclair kid that did it a lot, but he wasn't very good. Or oh, I suppose actually, I think he might be right foot. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, great goal. And then again, the Willian goal as well. He stepped up and I predicted it, obviously. So that was good. <laughs> um, so that was good. But no, all in all, pretty good. I think defense was all right, but 
Um, I did seem to think that they had a few, considering it's like West Brom, they didn't have a few chances and they deserved that goal. Um, but all in all, we're under control. They did have a higher XG than us. But they were, I mean, they're fighting for survival. So they're, yeah. they were pushing more than they would um, would have done earlier in the season. Mm. Uh, but we've, we've got great results against West Brom this season. Um, I don't know if you remember, but the first time we played them was when T- Tierney scored that wonder goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the, uh, the Bukayo Saka won the goal as well. The one that was like where I think Bellerin fed it into Emil Smith Rowe. He passed it off to Lacquer and then he slit in, slot in in um, Emil Smith Rowe and then passed it on to Saka. But yeah, I mean, that was probably goal of the season for me. Yeah. There was a few yeah. goals this season last night, actually. Um, yeah. The last two so, were superb, weren't they? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, unbelievable, mate. Um, so, all righty. Well, let's, let's do... We're going to do a couple of things now. We've got Leith coming on in a moment. So um, we'll wrap things up in this department. So we'll do do three things. Man of the match, dick of the day. And then I'd quite like to hear your opinions on Mikel Arteta, actually, and what what, what we do there. So we'll we'll get into that. But um, who, who was your man of the match? Okay. Um, I think Saka played incredibly all game. And I would have given it to him if it wasn't for Willian completely showing me up right at the end. And I just give him some... <laughs> Give him some credit for that goal. Fantastic finish. He seemed to have a bit more about him yesterday. And I'm going to give it to Willian. And there might be some controversial views on that because it's pretty hard to support him as an Arsenal player. But let's just give him some credit for once. He's done something and you've got to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I completely disagree. I think you're... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, look, look. Credit where credit's due. He had a good game and he had a good strike of the ball. You know, whatever, but you know, uh, I I think do you ever think like you know do you remember the remember the year that Modric got um uh, Ballon d'Or, right? And yeah. it was all like oh and Van Dyke came close the season after or something like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, he was very good for uh, Modric. He was brilliant, unbelievable. World Cup final and you know, Champions League and all that sort of stuff. But um Messi and Ronaldo were still better that season in every sense. It was just almost like they were a victim of their own abilities. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Modric is William and Saka is Messi or Ronaldo. Well, obviously, he is. Um, <laughs> I, I just think like we've gotten used to how good Saka is, and I think yesterday it was. Un- he, I think he was just a different cut of just. He was unplayable on the left and causing havoc all day. Willian was pretty tidy and had a good strike of the ball. I reckon, yeah, he was up there, but. I just don't think he was as good as Saka, but that's just me. And maybe I'm a bit biased because maybe I'm a bit angry at Willian generally. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm semi-joking, but I, you know. <laughs> without, I know without, you without the Saka, let's be fair, without the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. But obviously if, if Pepe had scored three, then he would have got one. But, exactly. You know, but yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Ifs, buts, and maybes. But, um, okay, who's your dick of the day? Dick of the day. Um, all right, not Arsenal related, but I just can't get over his pen. Aguero. <laughs> I know you're going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute shocker. I mean, I don't know what he's doing there. Could have won Chelsea, could have won City the league. And he steps up and puts it right down the middle with a, with a Paneka. I mean, it's just terrible. Oh, that was so funny. That can was you so believe funny. it? So thinks he's Sedan. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I can't know. do it. Or oh. Perlo. Yeah, I it was it was quite funny. My housemate is a, a City fan, um, and uh, when I was talking about doing this podcast, that sort of thing, and 
And he was talking about what he would be talking about if he had a Man City podcast and he'd be absolutely livid at Aguero. And I was like, yeah, it was quite funny. But also, mate, you know, boo-hoo. This is that, you know, we're getting another week until we have to wait until we get our Premier League title and going to the Champions League final. I've been won the Premier League five times in the last God knows how many years. And uh, we've just gone out like, do you know what, mate? You can you can do one. United United need to beat Leicester and Liverpool this week for City not to win the title. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, when do they play? It tomorrow. No, they play. T- they play. Yeah, they've got Leicester tomorrow and they've got Liverpool on Thursday. It's just and not happening. Yeah. And I forgot to triple captain Fernandez. Fuming. Oh, mate, shocker! That's a good. <laughs> that is a shocker. Oh dear. Well, I, I've got a bit of a different deck of the day actually. Um, now I know we're not, we're not supposed to give it to players um, because it's not really in the spirit of it or, or Arsenal players, but. Um, I, I, I couldn't not in this one. I don't know if you remember. It was a really weird moment, and it was very specific. You might—I don't know if many people noticed it, but Leno. I haven't even checked Twitter. This like is a thing, but basically Leno rolls it out on a counter attack, as he does. He's running to the edge of the box, and then he sort of just like kept running as if he was like giving advantage, like with both his hands out, and then, <laughs> and then he like slapped. Uh, uh, West Brom players ass. <laughs> he was like, he just sort of run on. He's kept going, and like, I'm trying to picture it as if it was like I don't know, running after his kid who was just like I don't know, he's just lost his kid or something, and he just I don't know, he just just decided to pat this guy on the bum. Mate, I missed I like, it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to search it on Twitter now to see whether or not um, anyone saw it, but I don't know. Maybe he's just a bit fed up because he wants to leave the club or something like that. So I've heard, but. Um, I'm just going to take a bum. I've heard it a few times, but um, no. But yeah, I did, I've heard it a few well, times. I heard I was linked with um, Onana, which I, I really want to happen. Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> Sorry, <that's laughs> terrible. The, the chart, mate. Like you do, oh, no, no. No, no. Oh, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. What a chart. No, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Back to Giroud, uh, basically. So yeah, yeah. favourite chance. Yeah. It is a good one. It is a good one. Um, on that note, the best chance. I can't believe we didn't sign Isco rather than Odegaard because having like disco and party in your midfield would have been ridiculous. Although, can we talk Mate, about the fact that party calls himself Thomas and he's got the best second name in the world on it, like loaded and ready to go? Well, he doesn't appreciate it, does he, really? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. We can still, um, we can still sign Isco, can't we? We could. But he's not really playing, is he? I don't really know what's going on with him. And we love a we love a Real Madrid player. Got two we do, of we team, do love, so. and we do love uh, players that are on the downhill. Oh, we definitely do. Yeah, we I do. tell you what, let's get him on a contract, three hundred k a week, for the yeah. next what four or five years. He's thirty three, oh, isn't he? Easy. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? No, I looked at it. He's twenty twenty eight, twenty nine. Is he actually? Yeah, he is. Love. Hold on. Just whoops. Um, let's go. Mate, Madrid, Madrid definitely make players look like they're on the climb. He's twenty nine, yeah. Yeah, mate. But I, I think wow. he was a bit past it because he, 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 he wasn't amazing until he was about twenty two. Well, to be fair, that's a good age to get good, isn't it? But I think he yeah. was always like had lots of promise and was very skillful, but didn't have a lot of end product. And then suddenly he just started having a lot of end product. And um, yeah, weird, weird. Um, I don't know, but uh, he would give, he would give. Um, Pablo Maria uh, run at his money for being the best looking man in the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, someone else, well, I mean, someone else to take on that mantle when Giroud left, didn't they? So. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, righty. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I suppose another, another good looking man with, with very good hair is uh, Arteta. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up. Um, we've got Leith coming on in a moment, but 
Uh, tell me your maybe two-minute thought on Arteta. Okay. So it sounds like uh, the board are backing him and mm. they're willing to give it another summer. Now, if I look around the rest of the league um, at what clubs have done with their managers, I'm trying to look at United, who have stuck with uh, a legend. A pre- maybe he's, I mean, obviously Arteta isn't the same as Solskjaer, but they've stuck with him and Solskjaer went through some bad times at the start and look at where they are now. Like there is, I do understand that there is, there is some building required and we can't expect that Arteta is going to get his team right straight away. But there is a limit to how much time we have to give him before we say, no, he's just not at that level. And I'm, potentially he could be one day, but whether he's there yeah. right now, I'm just not sure. And when you look at how, um, how brilliant Tuchel's done at Chelsea, Tuchel, sorry, has done at Chelsea, I just, I just think, It'd be great if if we could have a manager like that that can just make things happen from day one. But you also have to have a lot of money to make that happen from day one. And mm-hmm. he came into a pretty good team at Chelsea. For me, I would still, I, I'm comfortable to give Arteta the summer, see yeah. what he does with transfers, see if he can shift more of the dead weight because he's, to be fair to him, he's done well to do that over the last year. But I look at the team now in comparison to what we did have even when Wenger left and I, I think it's in a worse state now than it was. And that's really sad to say because a lot of money has been spent, a lot of money's been spent to try and get it to where it is now. Yeah. What about you, mate? What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, it's not something I've heard too much, but uh, you know, if, if he did go, I'm fully confident that Arteta would do unbelievable things elsewhere. I, I have a sense that if he joined another club, um, he would do amazingly. And I think the problems at Arsenal, whilst he has been part of some of those, and, and he's he's done some really stupid things, and I don't think he's God's gift, and I don't think he's done all the right things. He's learning. Um, he, he He's definitely done some good things as well, right? And I think the problems stem further than him, and I don't think that is necessarily the answer at the moment to an extent, right? He's made some really stupid decisions, particularly on Thursday and that sort of stuff. And sometimes when it comes to crunch, comes to crunch, he's a bit like disappointing, I think, but give him the extra window because he was hired as a project manager. Let's give him the extra project. There's been a really weird season, you know, let's see how he does with the transfer up until let's say November. If he has a good start to the season, let him keep going. Mm -hmm. But the players are on board. He might not have Europe, so he's got a bit more time, you know, to do it. I'd look, for example, look, if Tuchel came to Arsenal, would he have done better than Arteta's doing now? Maybe for a bit. Yeah. And then what? He doesn't get any money in the summer. He's a good manager. He goes away. We've got a project manager. Let's, you know, let him do his thing. Um, we didn't have £250 million worth of players to walk into, you know? Um, yeah. So, look, but I, he also couldn't be excused if, if, if he did get sacked because, you know, he hasn't done very well this season, but... Um, yeah, I just think we need a bit of level head on on this one. So, but yeah, it's 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 it sad is, to see for sure. It is it is easy after what's mm. happened in the past week when we're all a little bit bitter about Arsenal anyway because of well when a lot of people are bitter about Arsenal because of what happened in the Super League thing. Yeah, and we feel for do sure. You know what I mean? So there's still a little bit of that burning away, and then we've got the disappointment of missing out on Europe. And mm. I mean, it feels like Arsenal dropped a long way in the last fifteen years, but there's still He's he's got a project, and and I'd rather do that than have 
someone else come in and start again and have to start from square one, I think it just makes sense to give someone a bit more time, see if mm. you can deliver, but there will be a point. Yeah. And I think you're right. November next year, uh, November this year, once the new season started, once he's gone away and we'll see what the results, um, how the results go. But mm. I think he's, he's, he's on a, I, I think he's got the backing of the board for now, but he's got to start doing something. He's on thin ice, I think, for the but I, you know the board back him. So let, let's see. Um, right, well, look, let, let's leave it there, mate. So I've got uh, Lathe coming in a minute. So uh, I'm going to say goodbye to you, and uh, we're going to say goodbye for for part one. So cheers, Tom. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. All right. See you next week. Okay, welcome back to part two, then, guys. The Arsenal Editor podcast. Um, so we've talked about the last couple of games and. The, the downs, um, some highs, I guess, uh, but not very many, I guess, are coming off the back of the West Brom victory. I guess that kind of feels good. But look, it's it's time to be positive. Um, we've got a good good few months ahead of us to uh, to think about what we're going to do for next season. I mean, it really is uh, quite scary, I suppose, at the moment. Um, but look, what, what, what can we get out of this that's going to look good? And we're, uh, we're honoured to have uh, Laith from um, the historic guna fanzine so uh leif welcome aboard how are you doing yeah not too bad thanks very much son i really appreciate it no worries at all it's good to have you good really good to have you indeed and look, i suppose just before we get on to the future i, I kind of wanted to ask at first look you've you've been fortunate enough you know to have been you know going to many of these games and you've been journalizing these games for a long time and this season you've been managed to go into i assume all the games actually you know and um we've just found out that fans are, are coming back and i suppose off the back of what's been happening with arsenal very recently you know the exit and things like that how do you think the how do you think the fans are coming back so we're going to have what 10,000 from from next week onwards how do you think the fans are going to react to to the team coming back yeah, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, obviously, in case you don't know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a full-time journalist. I'm obviously editor of the Guna fanzine as well, but I cover Arsenal Football Club for the Morning Star newspaper. And um, yeah, as you said, I've been fortunate enough to to cover a lot of the games this season. I was at Highbury. There's a slip. I was at the Emirates on um, on Sunday night to watch Arsenal um, against West Brom. I was at Villarreal the other night as well. I've done, like I said, I've done most of the games. Um, I do see the team quite close up, and I'm fortunate enough to do that. And I, I do, um, I do realise how lucky I am. Obviously, I've sweated blood, sweat, and tears to, to get to this point. But um, yeah, it's um, it's been quite a unique season for for. Lots of lots of reasons, basically, and um, yeah, I mean, I've probably done about sixty or seventy games. I mean, I, I, as I cover Arsenal, but I do cover um, all the way through. I cover Championship games, League One, League Two as well. Um, just just whatever's playing that weekend when Arsenal, I'm particularly. Um, so to say, on a Saturday, I'll, I'll go and watch. Like the other week, I did Accrington. I've done what else have I done? I've done Bristol Road. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was really good. It was really good day out, actually. Really good fun. Um, yeah, and I'm looking to maybe do Barnsley next week in the playoffs as well. But yeah, Arsenal's my um, my bread and butter, and I'm obviously fortunate enough to be in the press box to cover them as well as being a fan. When you are in a press box, you do have to be completely neutral. Um, you do have to respect the traditions of journalism and um you do have to be completely professional as well. But at the same time, inside I'm obviously um I'm rooting for Arsenal, although you do have to be um neutral as well. Um it, it, it's to answer your question, obviously, in, in terms of fans coming back. 
as I say, I mean, I've, I've covered 50, 60, 70 games this season and um, it's not the same. Football without fans is, is is nothing. It's just the kickabout in the park, which is great. And I, I'd always watch that. You know, when you're on a train and you sort of see, a, you go past a field and, you, and you're watching people kick about, I will be looking yeah. as long as I can to, to see them con- continue to play football. And that's that's what I, I, I take to, to every game I cover, basically, whether it's Champions League, whether it's England, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's non-league, basically. And um, to not have fans this season has been... It's just been really strange and it's been a, an essential element of the game has been missing. Um, so that's why we're really looking forward to, to Brighton with 10,000 fans coming back. Um, with my Guna editor's hat on, we're busy putting together a 96-page special bumper issue after many, many people managed to help save the Guna. We've been 34 years and um, we basically secured our long-term future. So there's a, there's a massive platform there for us to kick on next season for intelligent, informed and irreverent comment on all, thing, on th- all things Arsenal. Um, I think the, the, it'll be strange for a lot of people going back, but I think it'll be emotional as well. There's a lot of people there who have... Um, obviously, the football is the most important thing because we wouldn't be there without it. But at the same time, there's so much more around the game. It's the, it's the camaraderie, it's the pre-match rituals, it's having a couple of beers with your mates in the pub, it's catching up with people you sit with at Arsenal. It's the whole the whole day out, basically. And I think a lot of people will be looking forward to that. And I think, um, yeah, in terms of the game, you just never know what you're going to get with Arsenal. It was a good performance <laughs> last night, um, on Sunday night. It was, um, you know, ultimately it was 19th place West Brom plays, 9th place Arsenal, or 10th place Arsenal before the kickoff. Um, and it just, it showed. Yeah, it was great that William scored a goal finally after 37, 38 games, but it meant nothing. Why didn't they do that against Villarreal on on Thursday night? That was that was when it mattered. And I, um, as I say, I was at the game and I tweeted out, Does any, "If you like cricket, has anyone um, does anyone remember Graham Hick? He was um, he was a flat track bully basically. He'd only score centuries against teams that weren't particularly good, didn't have particularly yeah. good bowling attacks. Basically, I'm not going to go too much detail about him, but at the same time, <laughs> it felt like that with Arsenal. You know, Pereira started really well for West." Um, they look really lively. It could have been two or three and up, to be fair to them. Also, obviously, um, you know, through Pepe and um, Emil Smith Rowe with Saka down the flank as well. It was, it was, you know, two goals at half time, great, fantastic. But ultimately, we're beating a team that's going to be relegated. As much as, you know, with my fans out on, I don't particularly like Sam Allardyce, and a lot of people don't. And um, it was good to relegate him. But at the end of the day, it meant nothing because Arsenal's season finished after the second leg against Villarreal. So if you're talking about the future, I've got a team sheet, the official team sheet from yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I think it was quite instructive. If you look at the the sides, a lot of big names were banished or, or weren't weren't there. Um, and I think Arteta is going to go with youth. Obviously, Emil Smith-Rowe is, is a massive, massive um, one for the future. I've covered him since he was sort of, you know, 16, 17. I remember going up yeah. to... Um, uh, Bishop Auckland to cover fifth round of the FA Youth Cup a couple of years ago during the Beast from the East when he was um, in the under-18s of the Arsenal FA Youth Cup side and they played Middlesbrough and Bishop Auckland on a freezing cold Friday night and he he was absolutely immense Arsenal won 3-2 that night in a real battle basically and that was one of the first times I'd seen him and I thought he's definitely one for the future I remember interviewing him at the Emirates in the mix zone um, when he made his debut his rugby league debut the September after that that was sort of in February and um, I just said you've come a long way since Bishop Auckland he goes yeah definitely and he sort of laughed and, and then obviously you know, he said he's got a lot more to offer basically and he's, he's learned he's, he's gone away he's got a great attitude because he went away to Huddersfield and yeah. you know, a lot of Arsenal players go away on loan when they're young and they think they've made it before they go obviously Smith Rowe didn't think that at all but some of them do go away and they think oh I've made it they turn up they think they're Charlie Big Potatoes they don't perform for their loan side they come back 
the, the powers that be at Arsenal have fed through all that information about dodgy attitudes and lack of form. And before you know it, these players are bombed out of Arsenal. They're at 21 on the scrap heap thinking, where did it go wrong? Well, it goes wrong with your attitude. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work hard enough, you don't apply yourself and you don't have that humble, humble yearning to learn as much as you can as Emil Smith-Rowe has, then um, you're not going to get anywhere. So it's, it's absolutely lovely to see him thrive um, so goes with Bukayo Saku. I used to cover him for the Checker Trade Trophy games. I remember Arsenal lost 6-2 to Cheltenham. He had an absolute mare. And I remember interviewing Freddie, Freddie Lundberg after the game. And I was like, well, what happened there? And he said, um, Bukayo will learn from that. I'll, I'll take him aside. I'll talk to him. And um, he'll learn from that. And two weeks later, Arsenal had Forest Green in, um, in a crucial game. They had to win to get through the group. They won 3-1 against the team of seasoned professionals, lower league professionals. Bukayo Saka had an absolute stormer. Six weeks later, he's made his debut, Premier League debut for Arsenal under Unai Emery against Fulham on New Year's Day when they won 4-1. So it's all about attitude. It's all about application. It's all about temperament as well as talent, basically. And as I say, you look at that squad yesterday, you look at the, the starting lineup. there's youngsters there that are going to have a massive, massive future if they continue to work hard. The rest of them, there's a lot that if they never pulled on an Arsenal shirt again, I'd be, I wouldn't be in any way sad. Um, William, for starters, you know, why, yeah. why do we always get Chelsea rejects? I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm really, really sick of it. I don't want to see any more Chelsea rejects. If you can't afford to buy a player, we don't need a loan. We don't need any more loanees. Odegaard, he's done all right. Tobias has been there for two years. I tweeted out um, last time when Tobias was coming off. I was like, um, yeah, uh, memo to Danny Tobias. Make sure Mikel Arteta signs your timesheet for this week before you're off. <laughs> you know, he's had two years to prove himself. If there's no long-term you know, plan there, there's no long-term understanding that you're going to stay and build, be part of the squad that's going to be built potentially around you, then what's the point? You, you're never going to get a player putting down roots if you're on loan. Arsenal are bigger than that and they're better than that. And I don't want to see any more loan signings. I, don't, I certainly don't want to see any more 30-year-old-plus signings from Chelsea. The flip side of that is Arsenal don't have that much money. And, mm. you know, I don't think we will qualify for you. We might do, and you never know. And it'd be great to, to have that carrot next season, even if it is the Europa League rather than the riches of the Champions League. I don't think we're going to do that. But Arsenal's funds are taking a substantial hit from what's gone on with um, with COVID. I know a lot of clubs have suffered and a lot of people have suffered as well. It's been a, a really challenging time for everyone and I hope everyone's um, coming out of it now. But Arsenal's business model was based on match day revenue just as much as TV revenue. And they've lost that completely over the last year or so. And we've suffered more than most. You, cu- you couple that with, um, obviously, the Cronkies, lack of investment, the lack of money from Europe as well. It's a perfect storm. So unless, you know, Daniel Ek's going to come in and, and buy the club and invest money through his Spotify empire, the status quo is going to continue. And it's, it's a race to the bottom. That's why, as, as with my Guna editor's hat on, we have to keep the pressure up against um, the Cronkies. For me, Cronky, just get out of our club. You don't know anything about a club. You had 10 years to, to do what you, you know, to, to try and make something out of it. You don't care. All you want is that gravy train. You want the gravy train from uh, broadcasting rights. You don't want Arsenal to progress because it's going to cost cost you more money to to invest money into the side to build for the future. So I want them out of my club basically, and I, I can't I can't bear them basically. And the front cover of the Guna, which is out for Brighton, as I said, is um it's going yeah. to have out. It's going to um it's going to be a strong message. Ninety six pages. We're going to send a really really strong message to to the Cronkies basically, and we, we we have to keep up. And also, what I would say is well done to everyone. I was at the protest before the Everton game. Um, and again the other day before Villarreal and there was a few people outside um, the Emirates the other night or last night I should say um, there's going to be a big protest against Brighton keep keep, it, keep the pill for that one keep the pressure up but it's not just about the Cronkies 
what I would say is you, you look at someone like Man United, they, the way they're doing the pressure, they cost Man United £200 million in terms of lost revenues because fans are targeting companies who sponsor and who want to associate themselves with Man United. That's the next thing. I love Adidas trainers. I love Adidas gear. You probably see I'm, I'm wearing a T-shirt and all the rest of it. I live in Adidas. I'm not going to buy any more Adidas gear until the Cronkies are out of Arsenal. And I'm going to do that with everything else as well, basically. So, you know, I'm not going to use Emirates for the next time I fly. I'm not going to do things like that. It's targeted disengagement from all the sponsors we need as well not just the, the, the demonstrations which are important we need to just keep it up it's going to be a long and ugly and horrible battle but we need to keep going and the fan solidarity that everyone showed after um or, or you know hauling down the the failed european super league was was absolutely wonderful mm -hmm. to see the solidarity there was incredible and that's what happens when fans are united when fans are united they won't be defeated and we need to keep that up to get the cronkies out so um yeah in a roundabout way yeah, it's a curious thing <laughs> really yeah we've got young players that can really thrive but we need investment to keep that going and we need we need to start removing a lot of the dead wood and that's going to cost money to bring players in who are better than the players we've got at the moment and i don't think we've got that at the moment and that's what's tough right i mean look we go to cronkey i mean you know i get a lot of people saying well what's so bad in a way if he's putting in x amount of money but he's not putting a lot in but he's actually using the benefit revenue from the club um you know but he's sort of sitting at a distance now like well what's the matter with a a fan or sorry an owner sitting from distance so what you can tell with the way the club structures right from the executive level all the way through he's not hired anyone really with any experience that knows who to buy how to buy them you know we have splashed some money there was the pepe deal we had the sanye stuff all on with that um obviously thomas party on the last day but it's not the right money in the right place and look i really like thomas party but going back to the the youth that we have right so you're so right so we've got the right players with the right attitude at the right age when they're young. So we've got Saka, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe. Saliba looks like he could be well be the real deal. And that Harry Clark guy who's on loan, who's a centre-back, looks looks pretty tasty going forward as well. But look, we've got this, I've probably missed a couple there as well, but we've obviously Tierney's quite young. But then the reason why we find ourselves like buying these players on loan, or, you know, from terrible mismanagement at like executive level, I was not getting into Arteta or anything right now, but we just seem to be getting the wrong players. And when you get these loans... It's because we have this void of players from who are like 19 and promising all the way to 31, 32, 33, a little bit past it. And we just don't have anyone in between who's got enough experience, who's been there, done it, but still thriving. So how, how, how I'm going to put a bit of a, a bit of a situation on you then, Leif. So we got like, let's, let's say the perfect summer happens um, within a realistic uh, sort of spectrum. What, what's, what's the dream summer for you? A couple of signings, maybe a change of ownership. What do we need to do? Change of ownership changes everything, basically. If we get that, then um, well, we can look forward to a, hopefully a successful future. I don't think we're going to have a change of ownership um, as quickly as this mm -hmm. summer. I think the pressure will be on and hopefully that will happen eventually, but I don't think we're going to have that. So in terms of cutting our cloth accordingly, um, <laughs> where would you start? In, in terms <laughs> of offloading people, I mean, Mikel Arteta has done a reasonable job getting rid of people. He's obviously got rid of Ozil in uh, in the January window. That saves us a lot of money. It's um, Kalasinac as well, Mustafi in terms of performers. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of players out there that that, that are not performing at Arsenal. When you look at players like William, I don't think, you know, he should have a future at Arsenal, basically. I don't... David Luiz is another one as well. You know, he's... For whatever you think of him, he's not a centre-half. I don't think he's a centre-half because he's got all the talent in the world. He's got a great technique, as you expect from a Brazilian. He, he should have been a midfielder. But it's almost like the game's... CDM, the game's easy. easy for him. 
yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Game too easy for him, and he switches off. And as a centre-half, you can't do that. So I, I don't particularly think he's got a future. Arsenal, his contract's up at the end of the season. I was at the Newcastle game. You know, he's obviously picked up the injury there. I'd be surprised if he, if he plays again, basically. But um, there's a few more as well. In terms of... If you're talking about the goalkeeper as well, I've not been impressed by Leno, really. I, no. I really thought he would kick on, you know, in terms of a sweeper-keeper, in terms of being a real agile leader, um, in terms of his footwork, in terms of his handling, in terms of his distribution. He hasn't impressed. He, he's been better than average at times, and, and, a, and a couple of times he saved us. But you want a keeper like that to win your 10, 12, 15 points a season. That's what Petr Cech was doing at, for Chelsea at his height, basically. He didn't do it as so much at Arsenal, but that's what you want. And that's what you want from world-class keeper. And we thought we were getting a, a really good keeper. I wouldn't be a world-class keeper when, when we signed him, but we certainly spent enough money to expect better than what we've got from Leno. And I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, we should have kept Martinelli because we needed to we needed to sell to buy last summer. And um, yeah. the, those funds actually funded um, Party. Party was a great signing, but he's been a great disappointment. I think he's got a future arsenal. I think he really will be a great player because he's got that real spatial awareness. He's got a great touch. It's a bit reminiscent of um, Santi Carzola. When he's got the ball in really tight situations, he can move it on really quickly. But he just hasn't performed this season. Maybe it's a settling in period. Maybe Mm. if you're in a struggling side, you're going to struggle as well. It's as simple as that. I don't know. But his attitude's right. He's just not performing as well as he can and as we want him to and as well as we know he can. So he's he's Mm -hmm. one that that is definitely there for the future. Um, You know, if you're talking about players like Lacazette and Aubameyang, Lacazette, I don't know if he's going to be there next year if it's purely about money because, um, you know, we, we can move him on and, and, and raise a bit of money and um, generate that somewhere else. With with Aubameyang, it's slightly different because if you go back to September of this season, how many Arsenal fans were saying they didn't want him? How many Arsenal fans were saying to the club, don't sign him? Not a no, single if you're, one. If you're an Arsenal fan who told, who's going to stand up now and say, oh yeah, I, I said last September I didn't want him at Arsenal because he's this, that and the other. No, you're lying. You're, you're lying to yourself if you're not lying to anyone else. It's wrong. Every Arsenal fan wanted him, but I suppose it's the curse of the new contract. He hasn't played as well. Saying that, I mean, he's had malaria. That, that's massively yeah. debilitating illness. He's, his mother's been ill for a long period of time as well. That's going to play on your mind. End of play that position. I've seen him in mixed zones and he's a really good guy. He's, um, he talks well, he does care about the club, although I would like him to front up more after games, certainly to the press. Um, yeah. But at the same time, he is a human being and he's going to have fluctuations in form, he's going to have fluctuations in mood, in how he feels, in his worries. I just don't think it's been a particularly good season for him. I think if you look at the stats in terms of his explosive power over 10 yards, in terms of those sprints, he's, he's, his numbers are still good. So... Yeah. I think he just needs to have a real good rest this summer, come back refreshed, have a real pre-season and kick on. Because he, he's still, what, 31, 32? And he's got two or three years on his contract anyway, so he ain't going anywhere. Not the, not no. the, the money we've given him. So let's let's look at it as a positive rather than thinking he's some sort of albatross around Arsenal's neck. Well, he's not, because he's not an Ozil. He's not going to run down his contract, no. hopefully. And he's still got a lot more to go. And we want him to get to 100, league, we want him to get to 100 goals full stop for Arsenal. Hopefully 100 league goals. Well, if he does that, he's doing well. But, you know, there's so much more to come from him. Lacazette, I'm not, I'm not really not sure about I know he he wants to potentially move back um, and Arteta's not his biggest fan either so something like that you're just not sure about Um, obviously you know Sabalas is going to go back to Real Madrid are we going to be able to afford 40-50 million for for Odegaard Odegaard is, is is a good player but he's not you know he hasn't pulled up too many trees He's one of those players. If if you if you've got a side and you're going to build a team around him and you're giving the ball, he's going to play through the lines. He's going to be really creative. He's going to make your chances. He's going to hopefully score a few goals. But if the side's not doing well, 
he disappears. That's that's not a fault of his own. That's not a, a flaw in his character. It's just he's the type of player that is not going to be battling as well as um, a party. Even though party hasn't done that well this season. So, is he worth fifty million? Are we going to even spend? Have we got fifty million to to prize him from Real Madrid? I don't think we have. It, the other option is a second season loan, and we did that with Sabios. And Sabios has regressed mm. since the so for heady first few months of his um, first season alone at Arsenal last season. So you know that's that's another one as well. Martinelli is a really exciting prospect. We all remember his ch- goal at Chelsea last season. I, I was there for that and Stamford Bridge press box, and it, it was great to watch him do that. For some reason, Arteta doesn't doesn't pick him. I wasn't going to say doesn't rate him because you'd yeah. be daft not to rate Martinelli, but he doesn't pick him for some reason. I sort of picked him yesterday and he hauled him after an hour and it was just like, well, give him 90 minutes at least. So it's a strange one. I, if it's, I know you said you didn't want to touch on the manager. I've just got to say, you yeah, know, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we can. Yeah, yeah. It's, for me, Arteta's been really lucky. We talk, go, go to the original point about fans not being in the ground. Arteta's been yeah. really lucky because fans haven't been in the ground because if they were, you know, ten games not winning at home this season. We're, you know, it's it's not acceptable for for a club of Arsenal stature. Nothing to do with you know entitled self righteousness or anything like that. It's just not good enough. And if the fans have been in every grand game moaning and and had every right to moan, I'd be moaning if I was in my ticket in, in my seat as opposed to the press box. Even though mm. I'd be writing about it anyway. But you know, it's it's not good enough basically. So. Arteta has, has really, really benefited. He's one of the few people that benefit from not having fans there, basically. But what I would say is, if you're going to get rid of him, who are you going to bring in? People yeah. are talking about Matt Allegri. So when when I covered Arsene Wenger for the Islington Gazette before um before he left Arsenal, you know he obviously left in in May 2018. Who who was on a shortlist? Who was on a shortlist to to take over? You had you had Unai. Um, Unai Emery exactly. So Unai Emery was number one. Who was number two? You know, well, Arteta, Arteta. I think at the time, so who, who was number three? Max Allegri was number three. So are we saying two seasons later, we've been doing Iemi because he wasn't good enough. You're saying Arteta's not good enough. So we're saying number three in our in our choice is now number one. Why? What's? Where's? There's no rhyme or reason. There's no coherent strategy, and then that doesn't make joined up thinking. That doesn't make sense. So for me, no, Max Allegri. And would he come anyway if there's no funds? You know, he's 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 done well in Italy. He, he also are a big club, but if you've got no money, how are you going to yep. shape the team in, in your own way, basically? So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, Max Allegri's, um, you know, this is sort of shining superstar that's going to come and, and save Arsenal's fortune because the, the, the mire is so deep and there's so many other issues associated with Arsenal. It's not one player and it's not one manager, basically. So what I would say, to cut a long story short, is keep Arteta, give him the whole pre-season, give him as much... Um, fun, and many funds as possible, give him as much leeway as possible to bring in and shape the squad exactly how he wants. So when it comes to the 14th of August, there is no excuses whatsoever. And if we're still playing as badly as we do now, we we, we, we sack him by November and then it's another wasted season. But I'd rather have that than, than, than go through the motions again, basically. But I think Arteta has just about earned the right to have a pre-season and kick on, basically. And if he can't, then obviously he's certainly not going to be here this time next year. And Arsenal have been good because a lot of clubs would have got rid of him before that. And I suppose you could argue, you look at Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea, you know, the, the, the mm. way he's taken over. But, you know, Vanwich spent an awful lot of money last summer to, to, to bolster Frank Lampard's squad after three transfer bans. So the players were there. You've just brought another player. You've just brought the manager in to shape them, a more experienced manager. It's not going to happen, Varsal, because the players aren't there. So if you're bringing a manager in, you need to have the funds as well. And the funds aren't there. So I would say stick with Arteta. And obviously, three or four months down the line, if he's not doing it, and if there's no hint of progress, you know, I'm not saying we have to beat Man United 5-0 and all the rest of it, although it would be nice, but you want progress. You want to see progress. And if there's no coherent progress, there's no joined-up strategy, then, yeah, he's got to go. But at the moment, no, I would keep him. 
I would keep yeah, it. I agree. I agree. Like, look, if you're going to get a project manager, there's going to be bumps along the way. He's a learning manager. They accept that when they got him. They've had a terrible season for all sorts of different reasons. They've been unlucky at points. He's made bad decisions at points. But ultimately, if you're going to get a project manager, give him the transfer windows you said you were going to give him. It's not all doom and gloom. There's definitely been some signs that he can do what he needs to do. There's obviously been some black marks against him, uh, as any manager would coming in. But I think he says the right things. He's digging out a culture. And ultimately, if he can get the people he wants to, and he's still not doing well by December, whatever it is, fine. He's at his time. But I do think we live in an age that we either do get rid of them too quickly and we don't have that 250 million quid that two mm. Chelsea had so they can just come in and have a quick Champions League final as, as, as they have. But um, we're in a different position. We've got to accept that. But um, well, yeah. look, I'll look yeah. we've, 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 we've uh, been going on for, for a few minutes now, so I'll, I'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. I'll, um, I'll, I'll leave you one question then. If, if you could see one thing happen this summer, if you could replace one player in one position, what player and who would you get the bin for? Oh, it's a question. Yeah. That's a question. Blimey. Just, just the one. And it's got to be realistic. I'm not saying messy for... for... <laughs> blimey, blimey. Um, if there's anyone really... out there... Well, go on, go on. Um, honestly, that's, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think mean, if, if we're going to be... The, the realistic answer is I would like Odegaard to stay. I would like him to be signed on a, on a, on a permanent deal. Um, and whether, whether it happens or not, it's a different matter. But... Let's make it happen. That that's the realistic one. In terms of, you know, random, <laughs> random sort yeah. of fantasy one. Blimey, where'd you start? I mean, I haven't got foot manager open, so I couldn't even. Um, <laughs> couldn't tell, um, I'm the same. Blimey, I know what no, you mean. I mean. There's um, if, if yeah, actually, I'm a, I'm a member of the Football Rights Association. I've got to actually vote tonight for um, player of the year. So if we're talking about a fantasy signing, Diaz, because he's he Diaz. Would be, he, I'm going to vote yeah. for him. Yeah. He's been a player of the year. Kevin De Bruyne has done well. He hasn't been fit for the whole season. Obviously, um, you know, Man United have had a couple of sort of players as well. But but Diaz has been absolutely immense. So if there's one player I could sign, it would be Diaz. We couldn't afford him and he wouldn't come anyway. But yeah, he's been... I, I, even the City game when they beat us one nil at the Emirates, I just spent five yeah. minutes just watching him. It was almost like Diaz came. He was amazing. He he starts attacks. He breaks up attacks. His technique's there. He's strong. He's got creativity. He's, he's got vision. He's just... His positional awareness is fantastic. He's a leader. He's good in the air. Honestly, he's he's a brilliant 21st century, 21st century player, basically. And I, I love him a bit. And I just wish he was awesome. So there's your answer. A nice one. Well, give him a tweet uh, once you've um, released your new edition of the fanzine and then we can uh, see if he can come. I'm sure if you just cover him with uh, all sorts of compliments, I'm sure he'll come, mate. <laughs> well, send him a free good he'll definitely come after that, won't he? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, look, thanks so much for coming on, Leif. I really appreciate it. Go, go on, tell us one more time where we can get your new edition then because I'll, I'll be the first to sign up then. So, Brilliant. Cheers. Yeah, it's, um, we'll, we'll have um, Alex, our famous um, Guna salesman. He'll be on um, the Campfire Bridge before and after the game. I might even be with Danny Arches um, near the Armoury. Um, I know there's going to be another protest as well, so I'll be there from sort of 11 till about 2 for the Brighton game. You can obviously go to our website, um, our shop, you can buy the Guna that way. You can sign up to our subscription. It's a £30, £30 a season. You get six issues. It's fantastic value. It's the, it's the voice and platform of intelligent, irreverent, informed Arsenal fans, basically. And um, yeah, we're here for the long time now. We're obviously, we've been here 34 years. We're, um, we're, we're in the 21st century and we're going to um, really kick on next season. So um, thank you to everyone who supported us. If you haven't read us in a while or have never tried us, we'll be outside Brighton, the Brighton game. Buy us there, buy it on our, on our website or, or subscribe um, through Twitter and, and Facebook and things like that as well. So, yeah, cheers.
I'll be the first one there. It'd be nice to read some uh, some people with some level heads uh, for once. I'm <laughs> just digging through Twitter and just reading the comments, you know. So, no, yeah, um, a, a big difference between Laguna and Twitter. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But yeah, it's, it, it's amazing to speak to someone with such a big history of the club as well. So, thanks so much for coming on, Guy. Oh, no, thanks for having me, Sabi, and all the best. Cheers. Yeah, cheers.